Good morning. Our pastor is in Crow, West Virginia this morning, so he's preaching for uh, Brother Walter Pendleton, so we look forward to having having him back Wednesday night. Um, he did send me a text yesterday, wanted everybody to know, Novi Sparks uh, had been released from the hospital and is, is home, so thankful to, thankful to hear that. Open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 27. Be looking at uh, this chapter this morning, Acts chapter 27. Before we begin, let's uh, go to our Lord in prayer. Our God and Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together as people. Lord, we pray that you would be pleased to meet with us here this morning. Lord, as we've, as we've gathered here together, Lord, as you brought us to this place, Lord, bless us with your presence. Bless us with this thy word. Lord, teach us from thy scriptures. Teach us more of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, for all those who gathered together this morning, Lord, and where your sheep are gathered, Lord, pray you bless the, the preaching and hearing of your gospel. Now again, we, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. Above all, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray and give thee thanks. Amen. All right. The title of the message this morning is taken from verse 31 of Acts chapter 27. Here we read, Except ye... Abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Abide in the ship. Let's read this passage of of Scripture together, beginning in verse 1. And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band, and entering into a ship of Adramidium, we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends and refresh himself. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus, because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the city of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, the city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Sinaitis, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete, over against Salmoni. 
and hardly passing it came into a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. And he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenicia and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lie toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycliden. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work going uh, come by the boat. And when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship. And uh, fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not loose from Crete, to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, and as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. And they sounded and found it twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it fifteen fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea, under collar as though they had cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said unto the centurion and to the soldiers, Except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. And the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them. He besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you've tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you.
And when he thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we were all on the ship, 200, three score, and 16 souls, 276 of them. When they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded if it were possible to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoist up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart struck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they should swim. They that could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land, and the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Now I have six or seven things I'd, I'd like for us to see from this scripture this morning. Look, look beginning uh, first at uh, verse 13. Here we read, it says, When the south wind blew softly, supposing we'd obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there was rose against us a, a tempestuous wind called Euroclide. That word means a violent agitation. Is there anything, is there anything more striking to, to represent the, the voyage of God's people than what we than what we read here. As we as we pass through this world, huh? have you experienced in have you experienced that in your in your voyage? Times of listen, times of ease. And oh we 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 enjoy we enjoy those, don't we? When they come. But also times of times of trouble and times of of difficulty. And we often I we do enjoy those times of ease, but you know we must be brought. We must be brought to those times of trouble. We must be brought to to those. Listen to see something of. Listen, our desperate condition, our own helplessness, our depravity. We have to see that before we'll we'll cry unto Him. Huh? In in Psalm one o seven, David wrote this. He said, "They that go down to the sea in the ship." They, they do business in, in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep, for he commandeth and raiseth. Who does that? He commandeth and he raiseth the stormy wind, huh? which lifted up the waves thereof, and they mount up to the, to the heaven. They go down again to the depths, and their soul melteth because of, because of trouble. They reel to and fro like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Can we relate? Can we relate to that? Then, not until then, but then, 
cry unto the Lord and their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distress. Storms and tempests all around. But the Lord Jesus Christ is, is our hiding place. He's the hiding place for his people. Let's read on here in our text. Look at verse 20. Here's the place where, here's the place we're often brought to. It said, when neither, neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us. No sun, no stars, darkness. A time of darkness, no, no light. And he says this, all hope, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Left to ourselves, listen, in darkness, we're hopeless. And left to ourselves in dark, that's where we desire, often that's where we desire to be until God's pleased to reveal his light to us. Paul, in writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church at Ephesus, he said, at that time, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. And that's where we'll remain until God in mercy is pleased to breathe life into us, to, to, to reveal his light to us. God commendeth the light to shine out of darkness. He has shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's God, it's Almighty God that calls us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Third, here, here we see a message of good news. Aren't we thankful? Aren't we thankful that He's not left us in darkness? Look, look, look here at uh, verse 21. A message of good news and a promise of deliverance. You see that? Look at verse 21. After long abstinence, it says, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and he said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. Now I exhort you, be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. Is there any doubt this is anyone but the Lord Jesus Christ? Paul would have never, Paul would have never said that about any man or anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Whose I am and whom I serve. And what was he told? Fear not. That's the same, that's the same message to the to the to the children of Israel when they were, when they were fleeing from Egypt. There, remember that held up against the Red Sea. What were they told? Stand still. Fear not. Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. 
going to be no loss among you. No loss of life among you. The ship's going to be destroyed. But the people are going to be set free. Does that sound, does that sound a little bit familiar? Huh? That's reason for good cheer, isn't it? Consider this. The Lord Jesus Christ, huh? he, was, he was crucified. He, he's going to be destroyed. But His people, His people set free. There, there in the garden. Remember that our Lord was with His disciples. And a band of men and uh, officers from the chief priests and from the Pharisees, they came with uh, lanterns and torches and weapons. They came after our Lord. And our Lord said, He said, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And He said, I'm He. And when He spoke that, they fell backwards. Can you, can you imagine the power in which our, our Lord spoke? And they asked again. Our Lord asked them again. He said, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I'm He. I mean, if you seek me, then let these let these go. Let my people let my people go. Our substitute, huh? The substitutionary work of the Lord Jesus Christ is he he stands in the place of his people. Huh? They take him. The Lord's taken, but his people are are set free. The ship this ship, this, that old ship's going to be destroyed. But he made that promise. All those people are going to, they're going to go free. There on the cross, after our Lord had been scourged and, and beaten and stripped of his raiment, on the cross where he bore our sins in his, in his body on that, on that tree, there where he was, the scriptures declare that he was made sin that we might be made the very righteousness of God in Him. There where He cried out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? There on the cross where our Lord said, It's finished. Huh? And, he, and he, gave up, he gave up the ghost. It was there on the cross where the Lord Jesus Christ died and His people his people set, set free. That death that, that we deserve, that death that He took it upon Him, that punishment for sin, that He took upon Himself. And he suffered and died and gave up the ghost that His people might be set free. A sinful people deserving of death and condemnation set free. Fourth point. True faith True faith lays hold and settles upon God's words and promises. And when I say settle, I don't mean like sometimes we settle for something because there's nothing better. No, they're, they're settled. They're, they're secure in this. We're secure in this. Paul said there in verse 25, he said, Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as he's spoken it. What he said he's going to do, you rest in it. It's going to, it's going to happen. Uh, it shall be even as it was told me. 
whatever God has told His people, that which He has promised His people, He'll perform it. He will perform it. Consider some of these some of these things found in God's Word. Huh? He said this, I'll be their God and they shall be my people. We're promised in His Word that He'll never leave nor forsake His people. That He'll guide and protect. That He'll supply every need. Concerning Christ, listen, we're justified by His righteousness. We're pardoned through through His blood. He saved us, the scriptures declare this, that he has saved us with an everlasting salvation. And concerning his spirit, scriptures say that he that hath begun a good work in you, he'll finish it. He'll he'll complete it. He'll be our comforter and our guide. Can we can we speak as Paul? Can we speak with the confidence of Paul and say, "Sirs, I believe God. It's good. it shall be even, even as it was told me." Fifth point. There's but one way of deliverance. Just just one. Don't go thinking. Don't go thinking any else, anything else. And this flesh is prone to is prone to do that. We have a backup plan for for everything, don't we? Well, if this happens, I'll do this. Well, if this don't happen, I'll do... Don't go thinking that way. Look at verse 30 of Acts 27. We read here that these uh, these shipmen, they, were, uh, they had an idea they were going to flee out of the ship. They were going to let down that lifeboat into the sea uh, one of the kind of every man for himself. We'll take the we'll take the lifeboat, and we'll go. Again, isn't that the way man always looks? Huh? This 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 nature. And and that's not just true about the things around the house. See that man's always looking for his own way of salvation. That's that's evident in, in what's. What's said in not just in our day and time, but in, in, in all times. Let me ask you, would you look to your own way? Huh? Would you would you look to your own works? That's what that's what self righteousness. Look to your works, look to what you're doing. Would you look to the things of this world? How easy it is to be taken up with the things of this world. No, my friends, this is the command. This is Abide in the ship. One place. One place of safety. And it's been that way throughout scriptures. In the day of Noah, we read that uh, there in the ark, eight souls were saved. Our, our pastor mentioned this, I believe it was Wednesday, Wednesday night. Death and destruction. God's wrath was, was, was put out upon the whole earth. Knowing his family were, were in that ark. And that, that, that death and destruction that hit everything else, it hit that ark. They were safe. They were safe in the ark. One place of safety. When Jericho was destroyed, remember that? Rahab the harlot 
and all that was with her in that in that house. There's that scarlet thread hanging hanging out the window. One place of safety. The children of Israel, when God passed, when God passed through Egypt, um, He passed through in judgment, killing the firstborn. What was the where was the place of safety? Under the blood. That lamb was slain and that blood was put upon that door in the side post. Under the blood. The manslayer, he, there was one place to go. Flee to the city of refuge. It didn't, it didn't do you any good to have a bunch of, of facts and figures about the city of refuge, did it? You had to be in the city. That was the, that was the place of safety. And these prisoners, these prisoners, here in our text, there was but one place. And it wasn't in that lifeboat. It was in the ship where they were, they were commanded to stay. And these all, these all point to the Lord Jesus Christ. One place of safety. The believer rests in nothing else but the Lord Jesus Christ. No one else but the Lord Jesus Christ. Resting in Him, in Him alone. Paul, he said this, or writing to the Philippians, that I may win Christ and be found where? In Him. One place. All one place. Sixth, we read that every false refuge has to be, has to be removed. Huh? What'd they do with the, what'd they do with that boat? It said they cut the ropes and let it fall off. Uh, we're not going to keep it just in case. No. Get rid of that thing. Cut it off. It fell into the sea. Listen, they even, they even cast out what food they had left into the sea. They were committed, committed to Him, committed to His promise. No turning back, uh, but resting in, in His Word, resting in His promise. Paul said, there shall not, listen to this promise, there shall not a hair fall from any of you. Huh? Were, if, if I figure that up, there's 276 men on that ship. He said, not one hair. Now that's a promise, isn't it? Not one hair is going to fall from any of you. Over in Matthew 10, verse 30, I won't have you turn there, but we read that even, listen, even the hairs of our head are numbered. How, how intimately does he know each one of us? Huh? Not talking about when you comb your hair and one's out of place. Listen, he says, he says, you're not going to lose it. You've got not one hair. I, I think I read somewhere that uh, we have around a, and I'm sure this varies from person to person. Some have more and some have less, but a hundred, about a hundred thousand hairs. On our on our head, he knows each each one. They're numbered. They're numbered. And Paul said, "You're not going to lose not not one of them." And then seventh, we see this. My final point: <clears throat> complete deliverance, just as it was promised. Huh? The ship, that ship's going to be destroyed, but the prisoners. Are going to be freed. The Lord Jesus Christ crucified, but his people delivered. 
Look, look there at verse 44. It came to pass. They escaped. Huh? All. All 276 of them. Safe to land. Not one. Not one was, was lost. Hmm? And listen, so it is. So it is with every one of his sheep. Huh? Those chosen in Christ. Those ordained to eternal life. Huh? Called by the Spirit of God. All those in, in his care. Huh? Purchased. Redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Partakers of his blessing and of his grace. Not one will be lost. This is the Father's will which hath sent me. And of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing but raise it up again in the last day. The command, abide, abide in the ship, abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. And quickly, look with me again here in Acts 27. Look at, um, look at verse 42. It says the soldiers, the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim out and escape. And that word escape, the, way, the, the right there where it's at, you, you look this up this afternoon, get in your concordance. It means to flee. Huh? Like, uh, like if I, a man breaks out of prison, he escapes under his own strength, he flees. That's our thinking about things, isn't it? Huh? We, we, do, things, we do things our own way. Well, Look at verse 43. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which swim cast themselves first in the sea and get the land. And that, listen, that centurion, if, um, if you look back at, at verse 11 of this, of this same chapter, we read earlier on that, that centurion it said he, he believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken of by Paul. Something changed there, didn't it? Huh? At one time, he, he, didn't have, he didn't have an ear. He didn't have... Paul didn't really have anything to say he wanted to hear about. But that's been overruled here. You see that? His, all the other soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners to keep them from escaping. But something, this centurion, his will was overruled. Boy, aren't we thankful? Aren't we thankful our will has been over, overruled? But then anyway, he told them to, to cast themselves, swim out there and escape. Cast themselves first into the sea and get the land. And look here at verse 44. It says, The rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship, so it came to pass. What came to pass? Just what had been promised. Huh? They escaped all safe to land. Now, this word escape means something completely different. This word escape means this. It means, 
It means it can mean rescued. It can mean preserved, healed, made perfectly whole, saved thoroughly, saved completely. And isn't that what isn't that what He's done for us? Isn't that what Almighty God has done for His people in Christ? Huh? Rescued us. Preserved us. Healed us. Made us perfectly whole in His Son. Abide in the ship. Abide in, abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. God be pleased to, to bless His word.